This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. Uh, G'day, Al. Your voice is sounding awesome, mate. <laughs> mate, I did pretty well considering I've been wiped out with the flu. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to survive this episode, but we I'm determined to, to do this because we've been trying to get our guest on for a while. Mate, before we get him in here... Uh, what have you been up to, mate? Wow, mate, I'm so excited. We've just released our new design transformation case studies on our website. So if you go to studioandesign.com, just click on case studies and check it out. Yeah, I'm super excited. We've we've spent like, you know, a, a month of two full-time designers creating all these case study pages. And then, you know, we've asked clients for, for the, their results and things like that. So yeah, it's world-class and I'm super proud of it. So what have you been up to, buddy? Well, mate, before we do that, I've seen that page. And listener, I, we don't normally promote our own stuff, but please go and have a look at those pages, like the, the actual case study page, and then go into the case studies because they are really amazing. They're beautiful, and they they show so much more than just web design, which I think a lot of people might not realize that Studio One Design, you know, helps grow your brand as as well. So, Thanks, mate, mate. me, I've been sick. <laughs> My yeah. kids brought home a cold and it spread through the whole family. So, to be honest, I haven't done much this week. And we cancelled our recording last week. So, apologies to the listener if there's a gap in the in the recordings. But we're here this week determined to to get our special guest on. Should we get him in? Yeah, let's get him in, mate. So today we have a very special guest, James Reynolds. James is a leading SEO expert, speaker, podcaster, and his main business is an SEO agency, which is seosherpa.com. And he helps hundreds of small businesses and medium-sized businesses rank better online across the entire world. Plus, James is a pretty cool guy. All right. So that's my opinion. <laughs> and so welcome, James, James Reynolds. Thanks, Greg. Your opinion is extremely well valued and uh, right on the money, I must admit. <laughs> Just kidding. We've been out for dinner a few times when James is in Australia and uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good, you know, decent, nice guy, but he's pretty damn cool as well. So I like James. But anyway, James, as you can tell, is a British expat. He lives in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. And James has been interviewed on Dubai One TV. He has spoken at conferences in the UK, Australia, Bahrain, the UAE, and has appeared alongside a couple of legends, including Michael Gerber, the E-Myth or Gerber, and uh, Chris Brogan and me, of course. So James is also a contributor to several leading publications so he really knows his seo stuff so we're lucky to have him here on the real magic podcast so james before we discuss major shifts of in seo in 2018 can you fill in any gaps on your journey and how you've ended up where you are today yeah i guess like many of us in this kind of digital and marketing space i fell into this world really by accident i was running a photography company for 10 plus years working mainly in offline marketing and then I actually attended an online marketing event where I was asked to attend because 
they wanted some photographs of the event. After that session, I've just got the bug for for marketing. And literally within about three months, I decided to quit my then job and start a marketing agency. And uh, over time, we've developed out from what was a kind of a multi-service agency doing web design, uh, social media management, traffic services to being a pure out and out SEO agency. Um, And right now we stand at around 100 plus clients, 47 in the team. And uh, we've got people working all over the world in three different continents and about eight different countries right now. So, uh, yeah, SEO is our is our is our world right now. So, James, we're going to assume that our listeners uh, know what SEO stands for, search engine optimization. You help a lot of businesses with with ranking online. What does SEO look like in 2018 and how is it different today to you know, just a few years ago? Yeah, well, certainly SEO is ever evolving. The industry is becoming more mature and there's certainly a breadth of innovations that as SEOs we need to be aware of. I would say in the last three years, we've seen the biggest change in the actual core algorithm itself. Literally, as soon as three years ago, we were still based on an algorithm that was coded by Google engineers. But now in present day SEO 2018, what we are uh, working with is an entirely machine learning AI type algorithm. So that's been a been been a huge, huge change in this space. We've also seen a big change in the way that search results are displayed. You know, back in sort of 2014, 2015, it was typically, you know, your 10 blue links, maybe a few knowledge panel results, and that was about it. But now we've got all of these kind of rich style answers displayed in SERPs, whether those be, you know, knowledge panels or carousels or rich answer results. And of course, we've got the change from the results purely being displayed on screens to now being, you know, delivered via voice search or Google Assistant or even Google Home devices um, in our own homes. So, yeah, the change has been pretty large. I think as SEOs, the, the biggest one that I'm thankful for is the fact that we've probably seen the last of the major algorithm updates. Um, in the past, we would wait around for six or 12 months and Google would roll out, you know, a, a Google Penguin update or a Google Panda update, which were you know, entirely new core sections of the algorithm that were you know, designed to deal with things like spam, which would cause a huge amount of turmoil and SEOs running around panicking for several months. Um, now, because the algorithm is essentially based on this machine learning AI, all of this change happens in real time. So the, the changes are more gradual and um, we're really working with, you know, an algorithm that um, is con- constantly improving. It's constantly developing and um, it's a, a, a lot less kind of it's a lot less sort of archaic, you know, it's a lot less turmoil in the industry now than there once was. And I think that for SEOs is certainly something that we should uh, be pleased about these days. It's interesting what you say about the change of what's appearing on the search results. I think one of the things that really jumps out at me is that there's a lot more paid advertising on the search results now. So there's like shopping sections where you see products and prices and there's, you know, like half the page is is those sponsored links or those, those paid ads is, you know, sh- should small businesses be, you know, dabbling in both? I mean, I know over the last 10 years, SEO has been the buzzword for small business, but should they be playing with paid advertising? Is it, can they play against the big players? Yeah, I think in an ideal world, we would certainly like to do both. And you've hit the nail on the head, you know, organic, 
um, coverage and certainly organic click-through rates are in decline. And there is, of course, paid results contributing towards that. The fact that there are more paid results and more types of paid results with things like Google shopping ads being added relatively recently. But the other big change, as I alluded to just before, is the fact that Google are now displaying these kind of rich type answer results, which aren't just the 10 blue links. You've got carousels, you've got knowledge panels, you've got rich answers, which essentially pushing all of these organic results right down the page. So what we want to be looking at doing is being present in as many of those places as possible, because when you do that, you gain greater visibility. And with greater visibility, you have, of course, more chances to obtain a click or at least obtain um, you know, some, some form of attention within the, the search results. Um, if you do it smart, it doesn't have to be expensive either. You know, paid if you just really narrow down on what is your core business and just focus there rather than going too broad. You can actually compete extremely effectively against the big boys because quite often you'll be more relevant. And in PPC advertising, relevancy really is the key. If you've got the most relevant ads served to the most relevant queries and you provide the most relevant answer, you can actually win clicks at a very low cost. So we tend to advise our clients where possible if they've got the budget to do it, to do both, um, because that's when you see the the best possible results. Yeah, that makes sense. But a PPC is getting more and more expensive as well. So you really need to look at the, the lifetime value of the customer rather than a, a quick sale. But I get your point. But to me, that also says the SEO is probably more important. But one thing that you touched on then was these rich answers. I see them and I think, wow, that is amazing. How does a business get to like how does google choose them for their rich answer over somebody else is i mean can you give some insights into that yeah um the answer results are probably one of the most sort of popular um rich snippet uh, result formats and certainly ones that we can most easily leverage in terms of how google choose them what they tend to look for is a site that's already ranking quite well for that particular query mm-hmm. so the one which gets that very top spot which we now call position zero because it's you know above the, the yeah. normal sort of 10 10 blue links um, typically, you'll find already ranks in the top five search results prior to there being a rich answer result displayed. Um, so it already has some degree of authority. Perhaps it's got a bunch of links to it and the content is reasonably good. To then take advantage of getting in those rich answer results, it's really a matter of just formulating your content to um, be aligned with the sort of content format that Google typically serve there. And literally all that is, is stating the question um, that you want to appear for and the one that people are searching in the uh, search box itself. And then just providing a very short, concise answer to that question immediately below it and within your content. And then what you can find is if indeed a rich answer result is being displayed for that, if you already got authority for it, you formulated your content properly, you can just literally, you know, nip up, um, overtake the top few results and sit in that position zero spot. Yeah. And it could be for a very short period of time too. That's what I heard these days that, you know, can change quite quickly. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's re- there's a, a huge amount of movement in that whole space. I mean, right. we know Google are really developing this out. There's There's more and more queries that are displaying these rich answer type results. Um, that ultimately result in no clicks. I mean, most people that are 
a face with a rich orange result have no need to click on now. Um, so that's a big um, impact on SEOs and, and organic traffic in, in general. But it is something they're testing a lot. And we're seeing rich answers and all sorts of snippets appear and then disappear until Google really understand whether that type of search result is best serving the user for that particular query. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. All right. And so for position one, what would you say would be the, the top five things to take into consideration today? Now, I know Google's algorithm does, you know, takes around 200 things into consideration. Is that is that sort of accurate? 200? Yeah, it's certainly the number that gets sanded about. No one knows definitively what those 200 or so things could uh, be. And there's a mm. lot of speculation and certainly a huge amount of blog posts that purport to actually reveal what they are. But yeah, yeah there's okay. a, let, let's just say there's a lot of factors, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but some are more important than others. That yeah. Would be fair so to say too. What would be the top five? Is there a definitive top five? Um, I would probably zero in on maybe a top three that mm -hmm. are always going to be important regardless of the, the query, the niche or the website. And Google themselves have certainly alluded to these and the, the the first one would be links it's always been a mainstay of seo second would be content and the third which is a newer factor would be uh, rank brain which is google's artificial intelligence kind of machine learning ai tool that is there to sort and then rank search results based on queries those would be the the three things and regardless of what query you're going after those are always going to be important Mate, listen, I'm, I'm just going to double back a bit about this whole, you know, rich answer question. I mean, one of the things that I notice in display advertising now is that you can opt to do a display ad to people who have searched for something previously. Do you think this is maybe one of the ways Google's is just trying to get information from people without them necessarily clicking through just to collect more data from them? Perhaps, yeah. I, th I think Google certainly are more aware now of um, how users are interacting within the search landscape regardless of whether they're clicking on results or not you know i'm pretty sure they're able to determine you know scroll depth within the search results and which ones they're looking at of course they're able to determine how long people spend on a web page before clicking the back button and going to other search results they have a huge amount of of data available to them and i'm i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that data is also fed through into the the ad inventory network um it would it would makes sense that it would be look I, I think it ties into you know people using mobile devices like you said getting voice returned results google has to come up with a way to come up with that singular clear result that can be read back and that kind of leads me to to my next question which is i mean we recently did a a, a podcast greg and i talking about uh, mobile first indexing, you know, and, and what what Google has said is a priority for them. What does this mean to the average small business owner when it comes to their SEO? Yeah, so the mobile first index is um, a change in the indexation process that Google have rolled out from about March of this year. And essentially the change is moving from using the desktop version of your website to index and assess for ranking purposes and now leaning on the mobile version of your website for index and ranking purposes. So in the past, all of those clues and signals would be taken from your desktop, even if they would then serve your mobile version in the search results when someone was searching from a mobile device. 
So the big lesson or the big takeaway, of course, is that we need to think about mobile first because, you know, it really is the vast majority of Internet traffic and um, search traffic um, as it stands right now. And make sure that we think of our main website, which would now be our mobile version, as the core site. So we need to make sure that we've got full content there. We need to make sure that we've got a very rich and thorough experience, because if we continue to do what has typically been the advice in the past, where we kind of pare our mobile version down, give more limited information uh, to users and therefore to search engines, the big impact of that can be that there's far less for search engines to go on and then the likelihood of that with less information less rich answers that could be served for queries you know your website is essentially going to get demoted within the results so we think need to start thinking about a much fuller mobile experience these days yeah i love that and yeah so what we uh what we do is you know we obviously design websites for for mobile and for desktop and usually a responsive website is the answer but what we will do when when it's like converted into the mobile view we'll replace images with flat color where it's totally unnecessary just to speed up the site because i'm assuming you know speed on a mobile is crucially important for rankings right yes absolutely yeah Uh, and we're seeing that we're seeing that with developments inside of google and you know some of the the new um sort of projects that they're rolling out accelerated mobile pages would be one of them for example i mean they've got a real focus on both mobile and speed it really is at the core of what they're all about right now yeah that's cool now you did touch on rank brain and i went to traffic and conversion summit in san diego recently and that was talked about quite a bit perry belcher spoke about it on stage so can you sort of dive deeper into what rank brain is and what it means to the average small business yeah, so RankBrain's essentially the machine learning algorithm that Google now uses to sort and then um, search, uh, sort the search results, um, and also helps them better understand the process and understand search queries. Really, the biggest thing would be how RankBrain's determines the the relationships between certain words. Um, so, for instance, in a RankBrain world. Google knows that, let's say, Melbourne and Australia are interconnected concepts, um, but it also measures in search results um, how users interact with the display of the search results they're shown on screen. And that's probably the the factor that has the biggest impact on SEOs. Um, And what they now do is use the search results to essentially test in real time and see how people's click-through rates on results are affected. Um, when they reorder the results and how long they spend on certain pages is affected when they reorder the results. And if they then get positive user signals back that this new order is better, they'll actually adapt and, and change the search result order in real time. So, um, you know, as SEOs, there's probably a few things that we need to consider, you know, when we optimize for a rank brain world and engagement in search results is really, really important now. And so does that rank brain uh, result also depend on the location of, you know, where you're searching from? Absolutely, yes. They'll take in a lot of different factors to, you know, weight certain signals and then adjust them um, you know, for the user um, in a personalized set of search results. And certainly location would be one of those factors, um, type, time of day. Um, many other factors would also contribute towards that. Really what we're moving into now is a world where, each individual search result is totally unique to that individual user wow. and they take all of these signals into account when they're when they're displaying them now wow that that's amazing i mean so what you what you're essentially saying is is that it's going to get to a point where 
different results for different people. It's no longer being I'm ranked number two for that keyword. Absolutely. Yes. It might be ranked number two for Alan in Australia. But, um, you know, if I'm to search here in Dubai, the results would look very different. And even if we were in the same location, things like our, you know, our, our browsing history and, uh, you know, the websites that we visited would also be taken into account when that set of search results is displayed. And what what you would be shown, Alan, would be unique to you based on what Google believes you want to see. And the results for me would also be personalized based on what they believe I want to see. Yeah. And, and I mean, Greg and I have talked about this in recent episodes with artificial intelligence and super apps and all this sort of stuff. The, the amount of data that they're collecting now means that even if you and I were neighbours, we lived side by side, but you, maybe your habits included uh, more prestige brands. Maybe you have a certain supermarket that you like to shop at. Your Facebook browsing shows what your interests are. And we both searched for... Uh, features of new cars available we could be shown completely different results even though geographically we're in the same place the other info that's being collected by this rank brain is working towards making those results very 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 relevant to me as an individual yeah absolutely yeah we're seeing that i mean of course also on social Uh, they've done a lot of experiments right where you know, people have um, interacted with certain types of content and essentially their whole Facebook newsfeed has then taken a totally different, let's say, political bias because of a few pieces of content they've interacted with, which really just changes people's perception on reality, to be honest. I mean, you know, what's going on is totally, totally personalized to them and a very different experience to what other people in the, the same platform or ecosystem would be experiencing. So Google does a similar thing if you're logged in as a Google account user. Is that right? Yeah. So if you're logged in, yeah, you'll also then start to see even the adaptation of the results based on your your connections, your Google connections and other factors like that. So yeah, wow. how much information they're able to you know attain will will be um, impacted by whether you're logged in or logged out, um, incognito, open browser, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Wow. That is just crazy. Yeah. It's mind blowing, isn't it? What's going to happen in the future? But how does that affect SEO in the future if it's really personalized for each individual? It's, well, I think it's still the same, same core fundamentals apply. I think hopefully what that will do to us as marketers will have us start to think more about our core audience and Uh. becoming more specific for the individuals who really would want to interact with us. Um, and making sure that everything that we do is squarely aimed at them. And that ultimately is a is a good thing. I mean, it may mean that, you know, we have less opportunity for vast amounts of traffic, but we're going to be very, very much focused on the right people and making sure that we're connecting um, with those people throughout our marketing from search through to website and everything after. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think, you know, that's sort of just another reason to get people to really concentrate on having a niche target market and talk to that one person in all of their communications. Yeah, without yeah. doubt. Killer. When people ask me about, you know, what's a great way to start, you know, with my SEO is I always say to them, you know, generate great quality content for your target audience, for Mm. your your customer. And I think we forget SEO is search engine optimization. It's not search result manipulation, which is what it has been 
you know, for a long time. It's not about, well, how do I optimize? How do I manipulate it by getting the right backlinks, the right metadata, the right keywords so that I'm always ranked in the top one, two or three of, of those results. And what's happening is it's going, it's heading in the direction that it was always meant to be, which is delivering the best user experience for the person that's searching, which is not necessarily the same as the next person. So in saying that, my next set of questions is about manipulating the search results, <laughs> right? Which is, you know, how relevant, I mean, you mentioned backlink backlinks before, but is it still, you know, super important and relevant to make sure that your your metadata is correct, your keywords are in your H1, H2 tags and you know, that that if you are doing that, you know, should you be using uh, like an SEO plugin if you've got a WordPress site or Spotify? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, metadata is still important, but perhaps important for different reasons than in the past. You know, in the past, it was a contributing factor towards ranking. You know, if you had your keyword in your page title, in your description, in certain places on your page, that would help um, Google to identify that your page was relevant to those search queries because the keyword was present there and that would ultimately uh, help ranking. Now, that is still the case, but to a far lesser extent than before. How metadata is now constructed is more impactful on your click-through rate in search results. And in a rank brain world, as we mentioned before, Google are actively measuring how often your result gets clicked on versus others within the search results and how often it gets clicked on versus what they would expect for a result ranking in that position. So now if you can actually use your metadata to essentially entice or compel people to click through on your result more than Google would expect for search results in that position, actually that can help ranking because if they see your result being interacted with more, gaining more clicks, um, that will in turn over time actually improve your your search ranking position and um, will basically just kind of move you up the, the search results. So it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely important still, but perhaps for, for different reasons than before. Backlinks on the other hand, backlinks are always, are always going to be important. I think to an extent now, um, they are important in order to get you within the mix of the top sort of set of search results. But quite often what we're finding now, again, in a kind of a rank brain world is not necessarily the website with the best backlink profile, i.e. the most and highest quality of links will necessarily rank top anymore. Because ultimately, if Google are able to measure the interaction on the content that's being served and users aren't interacting with that content, they're not staying around there for long, they're not clicking through on it. But a website with lesser links lower down does have that interaction. Ultimately, they're going to move those move those websites up that do get the interaction. They're clearly serving the user with the content they actually want to to uh, to consume for that particular query. Mm, okay. And then what about bounce rate then? So if you're really relevant and, and you know, you're getting clicked on, what if people are just bouncing off? They'll push you down? Um, essentially, yeah. Google call this the, the dwell time, the amount of time they... You know, a user sort of settled on the site um, before returning back to the search results to perform another query. Yeah. Um, so if you can keep a user 
on page for longer, that ultimately is going to enhance your ability to rank higher within the search results. So I think we need to approach our content slightly differently in today's world than maybe we did before and think not just about answering the user's initial query, but also thinking about what else would they be interested in related to this topic and actually producing the most com most compelling, most thorough, most in-depth content that takes up that topic um, extremely broadly. Because what you want to do is stop them going back to the search results, even to search another related query. You want to try and actually um, serve all of the queries related to the initial query within your content and provide something that's very deep and very thorough in order to do that. Which to me says that all these old school ways of manipulating meta tags and H2 and all that stuff is nowhere near as relevant as it used to be. And the most important thing is relevant quality content. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yeah relevant quality. Sure. And I would say just really in-depth really, really in-depth content. Um, plenty of studies will back this up. I think the average you know, length of content for you know, a, a top three ranking piece of content now is about 1,500 to 2,000 words. That's the average. Wow. And typically, we're finding for the most competitive keywords, you know, some of these pieces can be you know, many thousands of words long, but they give the right signals to Google because, of course, when people are going to that content, they're spending a lot of time there and they're really uh -huh. consuming it. Um, so that really is certainly the direction we're going to go in these days. And that's what you help people with over at SEOSherpa.com, right? Quality content? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because, you, you know, you've been talking about keywords and tags and, you know, long-form articles and content that people spend a lot of time on. But... You know, I was lucky enough to go to a Google Cloud uh, event here in Sydney and they were demonstrating what their cloud computing combined with AI was able to do with image recognition, uh, recognising not only what was being said in videos, but facial expressions, whether it was happy, sad, emotional. You know, I sat there just amazed at how accurate it was, thinking surely this is coming to the search results, right? So do you think Google is close to being able to identify if a website is well-designed, you know, whether it has, you know, a high-quality, professionally-designed logo, whether it has, you know, beautiful flowing format, whether it uses, you know, current and, and sexy colours? Like, do you think that is something that's coming in the near future and we should be considering you know, making sure that not only we have good content, but our site looks good as well. I mean, without doubt. I mean, Google's ability to understand and recognize, you know, the content of um, images and image files far exceeds the ability of humans these days. And I think that's probably been the case for a, a few years now. So uh, without doubt, then they're, they're looking at this type of um, stuff. You know, they'll be able to understand the color palette that's in images, whether that's whether that's whether that's current or relevant, whether it's appropriate to the user experience, I think without doubt, Alan, it's certainly coming into the search results and and probably already playing a significant part of of their understanding of whether content and websites serve users' queries or not. Well, I mean, they don't want you to put watermarks on your 
e-commerce images anymore. Uh, if you have them on there, they, they're less, is it right that they're less likely to show it in the little shopping results on, on the right? So they obviously can recognize this stuff. Somebody isn't manually checking every e-commerce image on every website on the planet. So, you know, I think they're driving for a beautiful internet, you know, where, where, where websites like Greg Designs get priority on the, on the rank results. Yeah, which should be exactly what they should be doing, right? I mean, that's uh, we, we all want a better, we all want a better internet, um, better user experience, whether we're website owners or consumers. And you know, Google are going to be doing everything in their power to drive towards that. And I really strongly think they're they're a long way down that path already. Yeah, I didn't actually realize that you know having a, a brand new custom built website design that's designed you know, to entice your visitors to take action and be relevant to them and all those sort of things would make a difference to the rankings. I thought it would just make a difference to conversions, which it does. But yeah, a lot of our clients, since their redesign, they've said that they're getting more traffic, which I just, yeah, I was really surprised, but I think it's awesome. Well, the thing is, Greg, you you use some really nice, long flowing pages with really graphically interesting elements, right? So like the example you showed me just before we got on the call, I'm going to spend a lot of time on those pages, which is the same as James is talking about with a long form text based article. Mm -hmm. So Google is going to say, well, this is a value to the customer. So they're going to rank it better. But so, so James, with those articles, the long ones, are they mixed media? Do you have text and images and infographics and video and all sorts of things? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to try and include all of those modalities where possible videos, imagery, animated GIFs where relevant, you know, bullet point lists, like really mix it up, embed some tweets, you know, embed Instagram uh, pictures, you know, really mix it up and make it super sticky so that A, people can really just flow through that content nicely. It's not just all text. It's not all just images. You know, break it up, make people have a lot of modalities to consume and you'll find people stick around for longer. Yeah, that's cool. All right, look, we're going to have to wrap it up pretty soon, James. I just want to ask if you do have any other ninja type of tricks that uh, that you can share as an SEO, SEO expert that maybe the majority of small businesses wouldn't know, especially, you know, heading into the new uh, brain rank and all these things that are going to be important today? Yeah, I would probably just add to what we've said that whilst content is extremely important, not to forget about actually promoting your content. Nice. Too many people just focus you know, purely on producing great stuff. And despite what, you know, Others might say in SEO, it's not just about producing great content. You need to go out and promote it. So whenever you produce something that's amazing, taking all of these factors into account, really long form content um, broken up with lots of multimedia and visuals that really thoroughly answers a user's search query, go out and promote it. Do some outreach. Find out who the people within your space um, the, you know, the influential people are in your space and get it in front of them, you know, try and get this promoted in, in such a way that naturally it's going to take off and more people are going to find out about it because then the other types of signals that are important, um, such as links, then those sorts of things will, will kick into effect. 
Yeah, that's cool. And I guess the more, like even if you've got a killer bit of content, send paid traffic to it as well so that it becomes more shareable and have sharing links on your page as well and comment, social commenting and those sort of things because I'm sure that would help boost the rankings as well, yeah, the more people share and comment on it. Uh, Directly, no, but certainly indirectly, yes. Okay. There is, uh, yeah, there's certainly some debate over that, but there's no real concrete evidence that social interaction you know, does improve ranking, but the spin-off effect of actually getting it into more people's, you know, news feeds and then have them share it. Those are certainly the sort of signals that would uh, impact SEO. Cool. Well, James, thank you very much. I mean, you've left my head spinning a little bit with what you've shared today. It's <laughs> super helpful, and and there's actually a couple of bombshells there for me. I hope that the listener appreciates this information that you're sharing because it is absolutely uh priceless listen just before we wrap up where's the best place for our listener to check you out or your services because your seo services are world class where would they go to to check out more yep they would go to seosherpa.com so seosherpa.com listener if you are in need of some awesome seo advice and you know done done for you services right james yeah we service yeah, all sorts of clients of all sorts of sizes in all sorts of industries and parts of the world. So you know, we can take that SEO monkey off your back, so to speak, and, <laughs> and uh, do it all for you. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, thank you so much, James. Your knowledge is incredible. And yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.